it's a sad day. I don't really want to go through the entire cards today. I just want to hit some, you know, bullet points and just talk to you a little about maybe some of the general wrestling news. I don't have notes. I don't have the cards up on any screens. I am just talking into my phone and my, um, you know, table. So, Let's get right into it. Um, Impact. I liked Impact a whole lot this week. It was a lot of fun. Um, in terms of story beats, we got some interesting things uh, in terms of the uh, the uh, Knockouts Division Tag Team Championship. Um, Kira Hogan and... Um, oh, God, I'm always forgetting her fucking name. Her uh, And I'm not, I'm not saying fucking because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm upset with my own brain here. <laughs> Um, Tasha Steeles, I think. I could be totally mistaken, but I think it's Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles versus my favorite team, Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie. And it makes sense to put Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles over, I think. They have had a long-running feud with Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary, and they're a newer team that needs more exposure, needs more story beats. Sorry, just giving something there, and um, if you heard that, I have no fucking idea, and uh, so it makes sense to put them over and make them move on in the tournament. I believe they have to face uh, Jordan Grace and Jazz, or possibly Novea and Havoc in the next round. I cannot remember. Um, and then we go on to the final. So the next uh, bout, I believe, will be the semifinal. Um... This might have been the semifinal, actually. It might be that Nevea and Havoc and Jordan Grace and Jazz have to go against each other, but I'm going to guesstimate um, that it's going to be Nevea and Havoc, just because I haven't seen them as much as Jordan Grace, and Jordan Grace has an amazing uh, solo career. Uh, she doesn't need to be a tag team wrestler, and Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan definitely are tag team wrestlers, at least in the knockouts division. So I like all that. Um, it was fun. I kind of wish in my own way that Ty of Valkyrie and Rosemary won because they are my favorite team on the show. I hope you can't hear all the fucking screaming. He does this all fucking day and I'm getting tired of it. Moving along though. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Whatever. I love my brother. Who gives a fuck? Just living that dirtbag lifestyle. Anyway, moving on. We got throughout the show. Little clips from Kenny Omega and Don Callis watching the program and making snide comments, um, which I enjoyed. It further builds the cleaner character, or in this case, we're going to call him the belt collector uh, character, which we're calling him that now. We're going to hope that he actually follows through. I assume at some point, I really do assume, based on the story beats, that he is going to go after the Impact World Championship, and if he does, he will take it. Um, but maybe not. Maybe he'll go off to, uh, Ring of Honor or something. There's been no word of that, but I have no idea. If he's going to be the ring collector, the, the ring collector, the one ring to rule them all. If he's going to be, you know, um, oh, fuck, what is the guy's name? I can never remember fucking names sometimes. Um, oh, what's his name? Fuck. The Dragon. We'll just call him the Dragon, because I can't fucking remember. The guy in Japan who got seven, um, belts. Uh, if we're going that way, he needs to start winning some fucking belts. Um, this, this storyline just started though, so I'm, I'm going to give it time. Um, let's just, let's just go right to the fucking end. There was a lot of good things that happened in this impact show. A lot of story beats. 
Uh, whole lot of story. I think there were a lot of video packages they've recently made because they uh, look a little bit better and it's like they're trying to take extra care. Um, not that they don't take care. It's a good show. I love Impact. Um, but uh, they're trying to capitalize on the fucking show uh, being uh, getting so much exposure, and it certainly has. Uh, I believe I said last week that Impact got two point no two hundred and twenty five thousand views when you add up everything. Well, they claim now that they actually got seven hundred and fifty thousand views if you add everything from their Impact Plus to their YouTube. I assume in this number to their Twitch, to their cable show. So, uh, I don't know how much I believe of that. Let's just like cut it down the middle. Let's say they got 375,000 views. That is the best rating they've ever had, probably. Uh, certainly on Axis, so that's great. We got another, uh, I should mention, we got another uh, ad from Tony Khan and uh, Tony Schiavone, which is very cool. Um, it's funny, if you listen to the... Uh, uh, Total Nonstop Impact uh, podcast. They're going nuts over all this, but they're also uh, a bit upset that none of their guys have gotten any, um, you know, back, uh, you know, like talk back on the AEW Dynamite show. And they were thinking that maybe they would get it uh, this Wednesday, but uh, no. So I'm going to assume they're going to be upset. Uh, <laughs> the thing about Impact fans is you're a cult. Uh, you know, even WWE fans are a cult. They don't know it because it's a much bigger cult, but it's a cult. You guys have no... And AEW is trying to break through this, and they're, they're trying hard. Uh, but Impact and WWE, for that matter, have no salience in popular culture. Outside of a few key people in, in WWE, like The Undertaker. No one fucking knows who Matt Riddle is. No one gives a fuck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but this is this is this is a fantasy. Just because a company is rich does not mean it's popular. That's not how it works anymore. They make so much money off of branding. It's just like fucking Trump. He made billions of dollars off his name. He didn't do anything. They are trash. But moving on. I liked uh, Impact a lot today, um, or yesterday, or the day before, whatever the fuck. I really liked the Tony's uh, commercial. They made fun of Impact quite a bit, which I thought was great. Just accept it. Accept that your product is getting more eyes, and for that matter, more fans. Even even during that show, as as the it was just two people that were complaining out of five. To be fair, <laughs> really seriously complaining. Um, even as that show was going on and they were complaining, there were people in the sub that they, they commented on who had joined the sub of their Twitch channel because of AEW. That's how this works. All right? And, you know, look, I like those guys. I know what they mean if, if fucking AEW went on WWE, which will never fucking happen. But if it did, and WWE was behind it, they would just bury AEW endlessly until they, you know, reveal that they bought it off and it no longer exists. So I can understand the big guy coming down to your show. I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. And, uh, you know, throwing his weight around is not the best thing. But this is business. Alright? You're getting worked. You are getting worked. That's part of the business of it. The meta working of it. We all know that wrestling is fake. These storylines, when they're done well, 
cross the line between, is this real? Is this fake? Is this booking real? Is there something going on in the background? You're getting worked, brother. Just accept it. They're not, we're having fun. So there's that. Uh, the wonderful thing at the end, um, you had uh, Carl Anderson with Kenny Omega uh, throughout the show uh, making comments. And then at the end, he has a match with, I can't remember who it was now, which is stupid. Oh, of course, it was, uh, oh, God, it was the other Motor City Machine Gun. Oh, fuck. Uh, you got Alex Shelley, and then you got oh, Chris Saban. That's his name. Uh, born and raised Detroit Rock City. Awesome, awesome guys. Very comparable to the Young Bucks. Impact has wonderful talent, and it has decent writing. I like Impact. I'm not trying to talk down to Impact. I am a fan of Impact. I am a fan of independent wrestling. You know, I'm a fan of Japanese wrestling, uh, Mexican wrestling, uh, but I'm a fan of all kinds of things. The only thing I'm not a fan of is WWE. I refuse to watch it. And frankly, no offense, again, I like the Rascals, but when you join NXT in this era, not, never mind before AEW, and for that matter, before the resurgence of Ring of Honor, in this era, when you join NXT, you go there to die, right? Look at the track record. They've gotten two people over, maybe? I don't even know about that. They got Drew McIntyre. I believe he was NXT and went to uh, the main roster. I have no fucking idea. Uh, but they are fucking destroying Matt Riddle. Uh, not that I care. And someone who I care about a little bit more, because he actually started in the indies and is a big guy with a lot of promise. Keith Lee. They are fucking destroying Keith Lee. You go to the WWE to kill your wrestling career. You only go there to make money. Do you understand? So anyway, enough ranting. Uh, the very end, we got Kenny Omega and Don Callis. And Kenny was pissed off at uh, the uh, something that happened at the end. Oh, it was Chris Saban. He saw Chris Saban, uh, or he saw Carl Anderson being confronted by Impact World Champion Chris Swan. We told him, you don't need to cheat because he cheated in that. And then all of a uh, sudden, some of his friends came in and they were talking to him. And then uh, uh, Gallows came out and kicked, um, oh, excuse me, sorry, kicked uh, Rich Swan in the face. Um, and then they got into a scruff and Kenny showed up. He actually showed up on the show proper. And uh, they beat them down. They actually mentioned, this is the other thing I want to talk about. They actually mentioned the Bullet Club, which some people think, well, hey, whatever. Uh, that's cool. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. I don't know that it doesn't mean anything. Because if you ever said a fucking word about the WWE and your wrestling program, they will sue the shit out of you. And, you know, depending on management and uh, in JPW, they might uh, think the same. So it's very possible. It's I don't know how likely it is, but it's possible they actually got permission to use the term bully club, and that might lead to greater things later on. The important thing, though, is Don Callis, in the moment, because he has power at Impact, set up a match for Kenny, for uh, Gallows and Anderson, as a reformed Bullet Club reunion um, against Rich Swan and, I think, the Motor City Machine Guns. Um, I think in Final Resolution... I don't know. They have so many pay-per-views and mini specials now that I, I can never remember the fucking names. But um, incredibly exciting. And I really like the character work they were doing uh, throughout the show by having him spliced in. Uh, the show was pretty good. Uh, another thing I, I can recall is 
uh, it might have even started with this, which would have been stupid. No, I didn't start with this, but very soon after the first match, I think, uh, we got into this promo with Moose, who is like new uh, EC3 Moose, you know, uh, control your narrative. And I don't think I like him as much as I liked pure TNA, Mr. TNA world champion Moose, but that's all right. Uh, they're going somewhere with him, and they may have sidelined his push so that Kenny could get in, which I'm sorry, but it's good for business. Uh, I love Moose. Um, anyway, there was this, and then uh, Willie Mack came out and challenged him um, at the next uh, pay-per-view. So that was kind of cool. I love seeing Willie Mack. Uh, Willie Mack is a better promo than Moose, at least in this version of Moose. Moose needs to just be crazy and go all out, I think, but... Um, that was cool. All the Kenny stuff was cool. I, I continue to enjoy Impact, even with its weird situation. Now let's move right along to AEW Dynamite. Um, this week was like, again, I'm not going through all the stuff. I'm just going by memory and hitting some uh, important story beats here. Uh, this week was all fucking um, um, uh, tag teams. And uh, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, there was one singles match between Angelico, a tag team wrestler, and uh, Cody Rhodes. Speaking of which, the elaborate way in which Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes announced they're having a baby. Uh, contrast that to the way John Moxley announced that he was having a child with his wife, Renee. Contrast that. Yeah. That's the difference between a baby face, who's just a badass, and a baby face who's full of himself. And mind you, I like... Brandy and Cody Rhodes. They have a place in the promotion. I've never said they didn't. Uh, but I liked Brandy. Well, I liked I like Brandy more now, actually, because she's, you know, gotten better in the ring and she's had some good character stuff. But uh, Cody Rhodes, I do not like nearly as much as I liked in the first year. Then again, he got a major push. He was a major person. And frankly, this year he has not been much of anything. Uh, he was a TNA champion for a while, which was great. I guess, but that was the beginning. So I, that was great, but that was the beginning of his heelish kind of, it's not a turn, it's just he's become so full of himself in a way that Ric Flair was full of himself. And he is the son of a plumber. He is not a fucking, you know, he's not a heel. All right? So it, it, it's very heelish, and I'm getting tired of it. Congratulations to them on the children, on the child. That's cool. I'm glad. But I agreed with Team Taz a lot more than them when he came out after uh, that fucking announcement. Uh, then we got Sting come out, and he just kind of scared Taz and uh, Team Taz off. And then he just disappeared. Uh, the uh, I don't think the Daily Place crowd was as big this week, but it was certainly very, very excited. There was one woman in particular I heard screaming loud uh, throughout the show and all the major uh, big things, especially Sting. I want to say about Sting, uh, he did barely anything. He just showed up. There's no problem with that. I mean, we're talking about a guy who got over by hanging out in rafters for a year and doing nothing, right? There's no problem with making Sting mysterious. That's another issue um, you saw in the dirt the dirt sheets and the fucking, uh, you know, wrestling media podcast and all that shit. People were complaining that Kenny wasn't making a major, didn't make a major announcement uh, last week of, you know, anything about what he's actually doing. He basically repeated his uh, promo at Impact and at AEW. And they kind of added this argument uh, or this 
you know, problem to Sting's appearances as well, is they're not telling you much. That's storytelling, motherfucker. It's early on. I mean, it's kind of like me complaining about, like, uh, let's get into this belt situation soon. It's storytelling. It's early on. Really, we should just relax, but we are humans, and I understand that is uh, very much against what we go with. But in particular with um, Sting and uh, what Kenny's actually doing, um, I think the more mystery, the better, until they have things settled, right? Until they have something really well planned out, and I assume they do with Sting. Kenny, I'm not so sure. Not so sure. Uh, this seems almost like play by ear, which is not great if you're actually going to collect belts. I really hope that they have set in place at least two more companies willing to give them, give him their belts, so we can really set this in motion as a proper, you know, like seven belt Kenny. You know, not not three, not three. I'm sorry. If it was the impact, maybe uh, it's not enough though. I want him. I want him to have like seven. You know, that that would be pretty cool. But um. So in this show, we got a whole bunch of tag team wrestling. I want to talk about the 7-on-7, I believe it was. I think it was SCU, the uh, SCU Top Flight, and uh, the Varsity Blondes, um, just against the entirety of Inner Circle. I think that's what it was. I cannot recall. Maybe I'm getting it confused with the match with um, Hangman and uh, Ryan and uh, Reynolds and uh, Silver. I, I I don't remember. Uh, no, no, I'm not. No, no. Um, so the seven on seven was really interesting in that I got to see a lot more of the acclaimed. Um, some of their flips are, uh, you know, I can't remember the name of everything, which is unfortunate, uh, cause this is a wrestling podcast, but Hey, we're just here about, we're just here to have fun and just, you know, go over story beats and just talk about what people are talking about and maybe break that down a little. That's what the show's about. It's just their bag bullshit. I do for fun. Um, <laughs> But uh, it was really cool to see the, uh, what are they called? God damn it. Top Flight. Um, Wrestle, I liked a lot of their moves. It was very good. Um, That entire sequence was very, not that one. The one with uh, Tom Hardy, uh, Private Party, and the others, that was pretty stiff. This one, I don't know about stiff, but it was really good. Uh, What I wanted to bring up about this particular bout, actually, is afterwards, I believe, uh, Top Flight had a promo, which I think is their first promo ever, and I didn't mind it. It was pretty good. It was certainly better than Acclaim's first promo because Acclaim has this stupid rapping gimmick. We're going to talk about that in another minute. It did get over with me, and then it went straight down the tube. Um, Yeah, let's talk about the Matt Hardy private party versus Hangman, uh, Silver, and Reynolds. Uh, Hangman Silver and Reynolds came out with, uh, matching little hats and scarves, and Silver and Reynolds tricked him into doing that, and he was pissed off about it, it's very funny. Uh, the thing you'll note in this particular match is they're very good together. Hangman would have a lot of help and friendship in the Dark Order. Uh, they beat, uh, do they beat Matt Hardy and... No, no, I don't think they do. I think what happens is uh, Matt Hardy cheats and steals the win from uh, Cassidy, who just lets him have it, honestly. Um, this was a hard match, hard-hitting match. Um, fucking John Silver was just fucking suplexing people left and right. He's a tiny guy. Um, it's really impressive when he does that. Uh, there were some stiff moves in here that really um, concerned me. Uh, like with Matt Hardy and stuff, I could be getting confused. There were so many 
Uh, so many tag team matches. And I'm not complaining. I really love tag team wrestling. So uh, that's okay. It's an interesting change to have so many of them. But I'm getting them a bit confused. And I'm sorry about that. Um, one of the matches seemed really stiff. Uh, or, or dangerous, I should say. Just dangerous. And um, I'm just happy no one got killed. It wasn't bad, though. It was fun. It just seemed like, wow, guys, come on. You know, this is TV. Uh, <laughs> I, sound like, uh, I sound like Jim Cornette now. No, no, no. Do as many flips as you fucking want. It just seemed like some of the moves were a little bit off in a way that... I mean, I saw a clothesline where it looked like he landed on his neck. I swear to Christ. I don't know. But uh, so long as everyone's good, I'm good. Uh, in terms of story beats, we had one women's match. It was Brittany uh, Baker... Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, against fucking who? Fucking who? I mean, <laughs> sorry. Does it even matter who it was for against? It was just like a... This might have been last week even. Was there even a fucking women's... Or am I getting confused with Impact? I don't... Oh, there was a tag team match! Oh, I apologize. Alright, so there was a tag team women's match. There was Dynamonte and Ivelisse versus... Ooh, who the fuck was that? They were all good workers. I remember that. Was Thunder Rosa involved? Jesus Christ. I don't know, man. I was I was out of it. It was a really good match. I liked it. All the workers were great. Oh, it was um it was fucking uh Big Swole. It was Big Swole. Who else was it? I don't know. Anyway, Nyla came in and disrupted the end of it and you know, there was one video package with the women. That was the entirety of the women's contribution. Um, you know, what uh, Wrestle Talk calls lipstick service. You know, unfortunate. Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb. Goddamn, I'm sorry, guys. Serena Deeb. A little swole against uh, Diamante and, or, yeah, Diamante and Ivelisse. Very good match. Uh, Serena Deeb, NWA champion, very, very good. I still find it interesting that she's the NWA champion, but she is signed to AEW. It's not like Thunder Rosa coming in as the NWA champion, signed to NWA, and coming in to do some, you know, work for AEW with the help of, uh, with the approval of Billy Corgan. No, she is part of AEW, but she's also the NWA champion. She's very, very good. Um, I love Sheeta. They've totally fucked Sheeta. Uh, we got this uh, Abaddon thing going. Uh, I like Sheeta a lot. I have no problems with her acting. Uh, Abaddon is cool to look at. Um, but she needs more skill if she's going to take on the champion, even as a monster. So I, I'm not happy about all that, I don't think. Maybe it would be best, as unfortunate as it is, as much as I wanted, as much as I wanted the AEW women's division to be a Joshi division, much like Kenny wanted, uh, the pandemic fucking ruined it, and they don't, they refuse to do anything meaningful with Hikaru Shida. They've done a little bit here. This, this storyline with Abaddon may be the most story she's ever gotten. And look how much time she's gotten. Yeah, so... Maybe it's time to put that belt on Serena Deeb, not Britt Baker. Now, if you put it on Britt Baker, it has to be the most screwy, bullshit, you know, uh, finish. Because, I'm sorry, Britt Baker is a good 
character now as a heel, and she's a better wrestler than she was. But she's not great, guys. She was never great. And the people who act like she was great are just Adam Cole, you know, fanboys. That's all they are. And I would like her to uh, improve and be a force in the women's division as a heel. She is much better as a heel than a face. That is a fact of life. I don't want her to get the uh, the belt anytime soon. I mean, Hikaru Shida is a much better wrestler than her, man. I don't care. You know, and Hikaru Shida, maybe her, maybe her accent is so bad that she can't do a lot of promos and whatever. They should let her try anyway. And they haven't, so I don't know. I don't know about any. I don't know about anything about the women's division, guys. I, I'm just. I like it. I like people in it a lot. They have great talent. Uh, the booking's all fucked. So whatever. Anyway, Kenny actually did come to this show. Oh, uh, you know, every time Tony Khan is in one of these Impact paid commercials, he's like, "I really hope Kenny comes, and you can come too, Don. Come see a real wrestling show." And so Kenny came. Uh, we got the main event, Kenny versus uh, Joey Janela. This is another problem I have with AEW. I understand that Joey Janela is not a, you know, a work rate type wrestler. But, I mean, say what you will. I, I don't see him much in the indies anymore. Uh, I think it's all GCW for him because I think he has some kind of ownership or he helps book it, clearly. Um, but for a long time, uh, Joey Janela was an important force in independent wrestling. And I don't think... Except for money, I don't know that being in AEW has helped him a lot. I mean, he's he's a national figure now, I suppose. I suppose, you know, exposure is good. And I certainly think if he went on NXT, he would never have been seen even once. Sorry about that, guys. But I don't know, man. I don't know what they're doing with him in AEW. Anyway, he didn't get to fight Kenny in the last uh, elimination challenge, uh, he had COVID or he had been in contact with COVID. So they had Sonny do it instead. So that was the excuse, I believe, for doing this hardcore match. And um, I had a lot of fun with it. It was great. But, you know, it didn't really amount to much. Uh, the weirdest thing is the whole time, I think this was Don's idea. Don uh, takes over the commentary. Uh, you know, you have JR, you have Tony Schiavone, and you have uh, Excalibur on, but... Don takes over the uh, talking, and he gives a mic to Kenny, and Kenny is making comments throughout the match. And this works for a, you know, a shit heel, uh, arrogant heel thing, you know, and I, and I like it on that level, but, you know, on, on another level, it's just kind of, uh, it's all right, you know. It's a good way to build heat, I guess. And um, another thing I didn't mention, which I've been talking to my dad about, which is funny because he has no interest in wrestling whatsoever. He just is trying to encourage me not to think about politics. <laughs> so I didn't mention that it has been announced that, uh, maybe I did mention it, that Kenny is going to, okay, I did. I don't know if I mentioned that it's going to be in a pay-per-view though. And that's a big deal. That should, that should sell a lot. Uh, more pay-per-views than uh, normal for, uh, impact. And, um, if anything, to be honest with you, if you don't use Twitch, if you, you do everything through cable, it might even be easier to find an Impact pay-per-view than it is to find access. I have no idea. You can't be you can't be too sensitive about that Impact watchers. I like Impact a whole lot. Obviously, you claim access is better than Pop TV. I'll agree with you. I have no idea. I don't do cable. Most Americans, I I don't know about most. 
a huge quantity of Americans have no interest or, uh, you know, um, financial ability to have cable. We all do th everything through the internet. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, Access TV, I I've never even heard of it until I started watching Impact, guys. Come on. It's a Mark Cuban channel. My understanding is it mostly will play is music and movies. And that way it's similar to TNT, but TNT is a much bigger channel. So, in the end, what's happening here is two companies are working together. One company is much bigger. You have to understand that. And it is willingly helping a much smaller company gain audience and gain, frankly, relevance. And it's sad because the knockouts division is the best women's division in North America, as far as I'm concerned. I will not watch NXT. Why should I get invested to anyone if they're going to, uh, you know, retire in obscurity? No. No, thank you. It does. It has the best women's division in North America. It has a lot of good things going for it. Um, Chris Bay is very good. You know, I like Rohit Raju a whole lot. I like the Motor Machine Guns. They are legends. You know, TNA legends, but, I mean, they are the earliest rivals, uh, earliest major rivals to the Young Bucks. I like Impact a whole lot, but you needed this exposure. Don't look at a gift horse in the mouse. Take it with a grain of salt and have fun. So anyway, that was most of the week in wrestling. I will mention very briefly, because I don't want to linger on it too much. Raw had its lowest uh, rating in history uh, this week. And AEW Dynamite actually beat Raw in the 18-49 to 49 male demo. The key demographic. That is wild, son. Absolutely wild. So I still enjoy wrestling. It still brings me a lot of joy. And an otherwise very bleak life. I'm so glad I could talk to you. I'm so glad I decided to just do this. Get it done. Get it out there. Uh, uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Dirtbag Sheets. I am your resident Twitter scum Dirtbag host, um, Captain Murphy. You can find me at Leftendo on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. Please enjoy the wrestling. I'll be back as soon as I can. Adios. Bye-bye. <laughs>